0: 18 plus. I'm Dorothy and welcome to The Late Show. You know, there's a fine line between being supportive and being needy. And, you know, I, I don't know, but there seem to be so many people who miss that um trying to please, appease, or even telling yourself that you're doing everything for your partner um, is problematic for me. And most of the time, we're only going to hear one side of the story anyway, but when you get to the end of a relationship, if divorce happens, if breakdowns happen from um, from less, uh, what should we call not even including de facto in there, but less committed relationships... Quite often I'm going to hear the side of the story that says, I changed everything for them. I did everything for them. That's not supportive. That's not even having a relationship. That is basically transactional. So I mentioned transactional to a client the other day, and she just laughed, and she said, well, of course it is. And I said, well, there's the difference. When you have um, a certain expectation of what you want to give and receive, you are automatically in a transactional zone because it doesn't account for the other person it doesn't account for who they are what they what they want or don't want and quite often needy people will dive into a relationship fast being everything that they're not and more than that they will not um, maintain their own personal status i guess in a relationship and if you're not the one to do that quite often you'll find that you get hooked in too quickly that you make adjustments to everything, including friendships, what you do. Uh, you will lie. You won't even be honest about who you are and what you like. Uh, you, you know, being able to, to 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 be assertive isn't about conflict at all. And good relationships really don't have that much conflict. So you you, you if you can communicate well with another person, you can experience the differences, accept them, and understand them, so that. You know, where it's not so important, you don't fall into those traps in the future. Where it is important for one but not the other, the one that it's not important for gets to step up, by the way. That's how that works, rather than just, no, they, if it's not that important for them and they see it's important for their partner, a good relationship dictates that that's the person that steps up and um, works on something for their partner For that reason alone, it's for you, Uh, but but not with a transactional idea. Outside of I want to see you happy. Sure, I'm good with that kind of a thing. You know, if if you've got a partner who likes to socialize a lot and you don't, uh, to constantly make them feel bad about wanting to socialize is a terrible idea. But allowing them the freedom to go out and enjoy themselves, going with them sometimes that's within your comfort zone, and then both need to accept the other side of that. That if they don't want to go, we leave them alone. Uh, And don't resent them for it. If they do want to go, we encourage that and don't resent them for it. So we need to, to work these things out. If it's a really big problem for you, you're in the wrong relationship that simple. You need a person who's more like-minded, a person who's more stay-at-home if that's more comfortable for you, Uh, or you may be just um, vexatious. You may just be the type of person that wants to take control of the relationship, and there's many ways to do this. Now there's something I call leading from the back foot, uh, or manipulating, driving from the back seat, all of that. We've heard of the back seat drivers, right? I've got something here that I want to read to you that is incredibly manipulative even though it's not being said to the person I have no doubt that it's been said a number of times when they have arguments or when things go wrong so here we go why would my husband rather talk to his therapist than me his wife when I've always been there told him everything been non-judgmental by his side even when he massively messes up and I'm going to go through the elements of this in a minute tried to make him feel emotionally safe makes me wonder why we got married when it's supposed to be us depending on each other so the only thing in this whole paragraph is uh, jealousy that's it Uh, there's also the um, insecurity of having somebody else that is privy to the mind of your partner or the partner her partner in this case Uh, where you may not be and I've got to say there's everything wrong about this it is so manipulative (laughs) it isn't funny and it's coming from the victim status so we'll start with why would my husband rather talk to his therapist than me Um, actually they're talking to an expert to get expert advice they don't want to fight they don't want an argument and if they're talking to a therapist it's either to develop for themselves which you benefit from Uh, I work with relationships often a number of times a week but I never work with a couple I refuse to work with a couple I will work with both parties um, but I will not work with a couple I'll tell you why because you become a mediator for ongoing situations or if you see one of the parties misbehaving or being manipulative you're not in a position where you can really make that statement and and make it work. So while we see this model on TV sitcoms where you've got this therapist sitting there and going, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's not how it works in real life. And so there's no point in going to a therapist unless you want to develop something within yourself, understand something uh, either in yourself or in your relationship or with another person. And you want an objective listener who can also give hopefully qualified advice or techniques and quite often it comes down to that you know with the relationship guidance I'm often giving techniques of communication to get the best out of uh, a relationship before it gets into trouble or once difficulties have arisen because you know if you if you have ever been in a relationship there are times when you hit a stalemate and that's when an outside person can be helpful. Now sometimes that can be a friend but if they know both of you uh, and in particular there are people who don't want their stuff public if you like um, going to a therapist is also a private way to get that uh, expertise, to get that help so that they can bring home their solutions. But this person is threatened by that and totally against it. And so I can imagine the crossed arms and the pouty-pouty stuff going on at home. When I've always been there, told him everything, been non-judgmental, none of this is true, and I'll tell you why. This whole paragraph, she is judging her partner (laughs) about going to a therapist to get help. I think there's nothing more ludicrous than to say, I've been non-judgmental, but here we are. And then she goes, I've been by his side, even when he massively messes up. That's incredibly judgmental. So we've got the person in denial about their own actions and behaviors. They're not a reliable listener for a person seeking help. Now, can couples talk to each other and get to... Uh, a place of accord without a therapist, absolutely they can. But when you can't, then it's wise to go to somebody else and say, hey, here's the problem we're having. But if you went in like this person and you're all blame, 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 blame because you're not in control of the situation, then you've got a problem because it's always going to be two people that need to evolve something. It's never just one. Uh, so, so something to think about there. Now we go to the next terrible part of this. Is I tried to make him feel emotionally safe. There's no such thing as, as a person making somebody else feel emotionally safe uh, insofar as if they want to discuss something that's personal and emotional for them they're emotionally safe if you just shut up and listen (laughs) sorry but that's just the truth of it and then when they're finished you ask then, is there something you want me to do? If somebody comes to me as a therapist, there is something they want me to offer. They want me to make suggestions, they want me to find them a middle ground, they want me to determine if they're honest about both sides of the equation, um, what the most appropriate line to walk would be, and how to communicate that to their partner. Uh, But this is, I try to make them feel emotionally safe. That's not at all. I tried to make them tell me what I wanted him to tell me, so that I could take control, be in control, or what it is so I could feel maybe emotionally safe there may be many reasons for that Um, but then she goes on to say it makes me wonder why we got married when it's supposed to be us depending on each other so I want to say absolutely not a good marriage is uh, open to friendships Uh, a partner may want to talk to a sister a friend a brother Uh, they may want to talk to a therapist about a problem if they don't know how to handle it Uh, anytime a person steps outside of a relationship To get especially um, professional advice, then it's because they want it to work. And not understanding that and feeling threatened by that, I see as a real controlling attitude. And so here we have a person who wants to control their environment and control who has input into that environment and there's all everything wrong with this so this person could probably um, want to take a step back and simply if you find yourself in a situation where your partner is going to a therapist and it's about their relationship um, to ask what can you do to help is there anything I can do to help Um, what area are we working on Is there something I can change as well, that we move this along together? That's maturity in relationships right there. This is trying to isolate and to try and isolate your partner from others so that they don't feel they can share with anybody else. Uh, And then I have no doubt that this person is going to be throwing like crossed arms, um, you know, dagger eyes repeatedly to, to express a displeasure. But knowing she can't verbalize that displeasure right, to that person. She's come to another person to, to verbalise it, looking for, I want support for this because I'm right and they're wrong. There's no other way to read this and there's no other way to look at it. Uh, I'm a victim of his choosing to get assistance. You know, a lot of men won't go to a therapist and so we always applaud anyone that does it for Not the sake of the relationship, but for betterment, to be a better partner, to be a better person, whether it's about relationships or work or other areas of their lives. Most times uh, when I've got clients coming to me in an ongoing fashion, uh, they go through a variety of different areas of their life, from family to earlier life issues, to work responsibility, how they feel about that. Um, it's it's there 's talk therapy, but there 's also uh, energy therapy involved in that that allows a person to feel like they 're safe to open up and this is what you don 't necessarily have with a partner then you 're not safe to open up if they 're going to come back and use it against you and so what she 's doing here is she 's using the fact that he 's going to get therapy against him and i couldn 't imagine anything more of a low low blow to be honest. there is nothing altruistic or or um, good about this. There are also things, like it or not, if you're in a relationship, uh, that your partner may not be ready to share with you and may never be, be prepared to share with you. And you need to be okay with that if you want to be a loving partner and a caring partner because there are things that you're not going to share or have shared with you until, especially if you feel like you've been bad, right, just so as we're clear on that. Some people have histories that aren't wonderful, um, if, if that they may have been a part of, and they may have pulled themselves up by their socks and moved on, and don't want that in their life on any level, even with their partner knowing about it. They feel like it's still a part of them, and it's part of this new relationship. All things to pay attention to and to think about really. Um, I think the idea that a relationship should have no privacy for the individuals in it is a common mistake. If if you feel like you need to know everything that your partner's thinking and doing, you are controlling. There's no other word for it. You are controlling. And a person who's controlling needs as much information as they can to use it against their partner, to muzzle them, to make them feel bad, whatever it might be. Um, I've seen plenty of couples where one feels like they can't say anything and the other one is constantly going on about them not saying anything. And when you get them on their own to talk to them, they say, Well, the number of times that I've bought something up in the past and she or he has just gone full death evil on me for months on end or weeks on end, Um, it's not worth it. So if you want to have a, a really open communication with your partner on the deepest levels, then you need to allow two things. You need to allow them their privacy. This is such an important aspect. The idea that it's my partner and they share everything with me is probably the biggest false City on the planet (laughs) even open uh, couples that are pretty open with each other mostly still have some secrets and if anybody's got history at all any kind of negative history damaging history and they sort themselves out and they go into a new relationship they don't often want to take that with them so you're not locked out of a part of their life because you weren't a part of their life when they had those experiences are we understanding that you're not locked out of a part of their life unless they lock you out of it after they do it after you've got together, after you're committed, any even before you're committed. And I think this is so important. And people that have had traumatic upbringings, traumatic lifestyles uh, that are trying to work on themselves, the last person they need is somebody who may take what they discover about them and use it as ammunition against them. So here we have the second part of that equation is trust. And if you break that trust fairly early in the relationship, when they do reveal something to you, if you use it against them at the first argument, if you bring it up just to have a go at them, they will not tell you anything after that, really. Whether it's a man or a woman, they will hold, because who needs to give another person bullets to fire? So understanding that... um, it's, it's it's a jealousy thing here, by the way. This person's clearly a jealous person, not just jealous, but really jealous, probably quite volatile. Why would my husband rather talk to his therapist than me? Well, so here's an answer. When a person comes to me, a man or woman, when they come to me, they want advice to help relationship when it's about relationships. It's not always about relationships but it often is whether it's sisters, brothers, family, fathers, whatever it might be and in partnerships when they come it is almost always with the intention of improving the relationship Uh, and they want expert advice on to do that and as often as not communication is the biggest issue and they may not be coming across well with the message that they're trying to pass over to their partner or you may have repeated issues in the relationship because of miscommunications not Feeling issues, but communication issues, and so um, she says something here that I know is an absolute lie. She goes, "When I've always been there, told him everything, been non-judgmental." All she's really saying is, "I've told him all my stuff, and he should tell me all his." Because there's nothing non-judgmental about anything in this whole statement, in this whole um, query, uh, and and then she goes and she anties down. It makes me wonder why we got married well i've got to tell you that as soon as you start thinking that over um somebody going and getting help and assistance to improve your relationship or to better themselves which you don't need a part of you know you're not an aunt you're not you're not you're not there i don't know what, what what i even want to say about that it's not your business if they need privacy in their communication with a therapist to improve their relationship with you at home there is something incredibly jealous and incredibly selfish about denying them that right happily. And I don't just mean begrudgingly, but happily. Off you go. See you later. Have a good time. Come back a better person if it's what you need. Then I'm sure I'll benefit because that's how it works. Once the person has resolved issues within themselves or understands how to communicate better with their partner, Um, If they're having problems in their marriage and how they feel about it, it can be broken down and they can find better ways to discuss those problems with their partner. If you're feeling, uh, if, if it's your partner doing that, getting help from a therapist and you're feeling intimidated by it, then you better change your behaviour because the only reason to feel intimidated is if you know that there have been problems and you haven't addressed them or been able to address them. And so then it's time for you to think, hmm, maybe I should see somebody too because if we're both working on developing our relationship and improving our relationship, one, it happens faster. You don't see a risk. you know, it's not Sisters in the City, sin, sin City, or any of, I can't even remember, Sex in the City. It's not a sitcom. You don't go to a therapist week after week for year after year for, for the rest of your lives. You go to a therapist until you've resolved your problems to a point that you can step away. Uh, for myself, depending on the, the uh, seriousness, I guess, of how, how far down the track, a couple goes before one. One. It can be one or both. You don't need both, but I will not see a couple together. I really won't. Um, but if you, if you, because you need to individually assess and individually advise, and then you learn whether they take that advice and that knowledge back into their relationship, by the way. Um, too often, mediation is called therapy. It's not therapy. It's mediation for people that are fighting and don't want to stop yet. Uh, so, So what you're looking at then is, um, you, if you do a little program, uh, you know what your problems are, pick up on what your problems are with your partner, sure, but what is it, you know, what's your input into it before you choose a therapist? Uh, the goal, what is your goal? Is your goal to have an exit strategy? I've worked with people who are looking for a, an exit strategy, a way to leave somebody they don't love anymore, by the way, in the kindest and most straightforward way and, and in a timely manner, which can be really complicated for some people. Or is it to reconstruct? the relationship in which case you can't do what you've done before because that's what went wrong Uh, you can't step back and so quite often once the relationship gets to the point of needing assistance uh, then it's time to think about uh, what wasn't working and I don't mean what the other person wasn't doing that wasn't working that's going to be in there but if you can't look at what you've been doing that's been uh, inflammable or or flammable, flammable, I should say, um, that's been uh, discordant, that's caused problems specifically, usually looking at a repeated behaviour, you'll actually be surprised to know that most couples that are still on fairly solid ground, even if they've gone a fair way down the hate track, uh, if they're still on fairly solid ground, that is they genuinely do love each other and want to hold that relationship. By the time they've had five or six sessions, and that's my my guide, some go for longer if they've got other issues, deeper issues, trauma from the past before that partner may need to be addressed. But for your basic couples therapy, if you like, uh, you're talking about half a dozen sessions each and then you're out of there and able to have moved on and it's long enough time to look at... Uh, each other and to look at yourself and your own behaviours. So you need to step in with a whole pile of objectivity and the ability to look at yourself so it requires some self-discipline to be able to see where your own behaviours may not have been helping, may have been problematic because quite often there's just a couple of things for most couples until they get to a point of no return. There's usually a recycling couple of areas that either are cross-purposes or they're misunderstood, um, you can get away with a couple of sessions if it's not too serious. It's always worth probably um, seeking uh, support, I guess, in a in a, um, a in a therapist or a professional. If you do that fairly quickly, quite often you, you just need a couple of sessions and you take that back and then you just come back if you get stuck kind of a thing. Um, but wanting a partner to be supportive and wanting to be invasive in their lives is, is something that really needs to be thought about. Um, it's not two peas in a pod where you are twins and everybody knows everything about everybody else. Some relationships are like that, but guess what? They end just as frequently as relationships where two people hold their independence and then they have their, like, their bubble of themselves and their lives and then their bubble of them together, even if they're cohabiting. Uh, this is a very possible thing and quite often the healthiest relationships, she or he's got Uh, their hobbies and their things that they like and the other one's got what they like and then they come together, take care of the kids if they're down that track. Uh, They come together and enjoy their time together and move on through their life perfectly happy because they're in balance and they're enjoying their things. They haven't thrown away everything and then expected the other person to do the same because this is the kind of thing we're talking about. She also says, I tried to make them feel emotionally safe. I'm going to call out bollocks. (laughs) There, I have very rarely, if you ever met a woman outside of a professional who makes a guy feel emotionally safe. Most men are absolutely freaked out if what they've got to say is going to get them a response, and it often does with women. So girls, let's be honest about that. Please, men do not feel emotionally safe with you until you prove over time and that's what it takes it takes the little things and how you respond to those things that will determine whether they tell you about the more important things the deeper things Um, sometimes they don't want to tell you about a part of their lives that was incredibly traumatic guess what you don't need to know all you need to know if your partner chooses to go to therapy is that they're doing it to improve themselves and i want you to really think about that if they're doing it to improve themselves then that's got to be good for the relationship. So what's what are you th- feeling threatened by? Um, when you want to be supportive of somebody, the key there isn't to, I know everything and you've got to tell me everything. That's just insecurity and jealousy and all sorts of energies. <laughs> There's nothing healthy about that whole paragraph we just read. Um, being supportive is saying, you know, I'm here if you need me. You don't feel cut out because a person doesn't tell you something. That's just... I don't know, selfish, I guess, that they're not allowed their privacy, that they're not allowed their experiences. And there are experiences they may have had that they don't want to talk about with anybody outside of a professional because it was awful, that they don't want to bring into their relationship because it was awful. And I talk to people like that every single day who have had extremely traumatic experiences uh, and find that keeping that out of their relationship is incredibly important. So they talk to somebody about it. But even when you... Uh, in a position where somebody's seeing a therapist, most most times there should be shorter periods of times that you see a therapist. I know that the whole thing is really like, let's go see somebody for 10 years, but a lot of my, because I've got a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy, uh, a lot of my clients came from people who had done therapy for years and years and walked away, and I've heard this so many times, it's not funny. I know why this is like this, and I know what caused that but I still feel like this. I still have panic attacks. I still am uncomfortable in a relationship. I still don't know how to be open and caring and loving without being spiteful and horrible and, and, and trying to protect myself. So, so he's, that, that to me is a fail. If you've got to keep going over a year, longer than a year, like regularly, if you're doing it weekly, then you probably need a different kind of help, a different kind of support. But you are certainly not being supportive If you're saying, you know, this reminds me of through COVID, we are the only truth that you need to hear. You don't need to talk to anybody else, just us. Listen to us, don't listen to anybody else. It's it's brainwashing stuff. It's very, very self-centered. So being supportive means allowing the other person to be their own individual that they were when they met you. There should be a strong element of coming together. But if it doesn't happen over time then here's the truth. They don't trust you or you don't trust them. And that is usually going to come down to, you know, when you get past the honeymoon phase or even if it happens before that, uh, where you have a problem and the other person attacks you or when you try to discuss something important and the other person just starts crying and blubbering and carrying on and they halt it because they feel guilty and you made them feel that way. Um, then, or they they bring up something about their past, and there happen to be another woman involved in it, so you get all vindictive, or even if you don't at the time, you do for the next three days. These are patterns other people that live with us pick up on. Uh, these are patterns that. Uh, person seeing you more than a couple of times a week picks up on it just takes them a bit longer Uh, so we need to have a look at that if you've got extreme jealousy issues if you're vindictive uh, if you feel like the other person doesn't love you if they've got any criticism of you at all or if there's something they don't like then guess what they can't trust it you to talk to you about how they feel and what they need and what the problems might be. And so they will seek out a therapist. Now, they may be able to talk to you and you may be doing pretty good, but they may get to a point where they've got a little bit of a problem and they want to sort it first. And I get men doing this more than women. And they'll come to me for a session saying, I need to talk to my wife about doing this and this and this and this, or my husband, I've had that a few times, about doing this and this and this and this, uh, but they're a bit flighty when I come to changing big plans and I need to put it out there in the right way so then they they're really coming for communication advice how do I how do I speak to my partner about a future plan that they may not like and of course part of that discussion is what are you going to do if they don't want to do it if they don't feel comfortable doing it, and don't like the idea do you go into battle mode or do you find a way around the potential issues so quite often you get What they think the problem's going to be, and then they go away and talk about it, and they come back and say, "Well, actually, this is the problem." (laughs) And so then they get this constructive thing after a couple of talks about it, uh, maybe three or four. Sometimes they they can be cut loose and just carry on your life. And that's how I think relationship therapy should be regarded. Firstly, as individual therapy for self development and better understanding of an interaction in a relationship. I had a, a a. client at one point who had come to loggerheads with her partner because he would present her with big financial plans he would have been thinking about them for quite a while and she was a bit sensitive and he would discuss them with her but expect her to say yes or no straight away and if she said I want to think about this he he would act all like a child really he would say well you know if you need to think about it then you're probably going to say no and it's like that's manipulative right so the advice for her was of course to let him know right at the outset I can see that you've really thought this through. And so this is communication, mature adult communication, by the way. I can see you've thought this through and have been thinking about it possibly for weeks or months. Uh, Which one is it? And then if they give you the answer that it's been weeks and say, you know what, I'd like the courtesy to think it through and explore it for a few weeks as well so that when we come to a decision, it's not made out of me feeling guilty or you trying to make me feel bad. So, those are the ways to communicate those things. What happens if, once you do that a couple of times, the manipulative element disappears out of the relationship. It's just not needed because both parties learn to trust the other person. Um, he was handling it that way because he was scared of being rejected even though he thought it was a great idea but he also had to learn that sometimes when you're talking big dollars and we did, were talking big dollars a few times one time sometimes when you're talking big dollars you need to allow the person that's partly involved that is your partner the right to say no and not feel that they inhibiting you in some way if they feel too insecure to say yes so if they're saying no then the next conversation becomes so okay so what workaround can we do here that we both feel comfortable and that's what teachers trust when a person's ready to abandon something because the other party is genuinely concerned And the word here is genuine, as opposed to just being manipulative or uncomfortable. Um, When you have that kind of a discussion with a person to be supportive with your partner, it needs to be really important to say, you know what, I feel really scared about this, but... Or, I feel really scared about this. Is there any way you can make me feel more secure? Those are the sort of ways to communicate where we tend to step in and just go, nope, don't like it, don't want it, don't do it, let's have a fight. So that's our show today, the difference between uh, manipulation and being supportive. I'm Dorothy. This is The Late Show. Ciao for now.